Hello and welcome to the Basement Talk Podcast Fantasy Show. I am your host, Adam Caster, and I'm here as always with my co-host, Ed Birdsall. Mr. Birdsall, how you doing? There's only one way to feel today, Adam. That's not great. I don't blame you. I don't blame you. I I really don't. And frankly, I don't, I'm not going to talk about it. I'm not going to ask you about it. I'll talk about it because it's newsworthy when we get, when we get there, but I'm not going to ask you about it because yeah. I have a few things to say. If you don't mind, I will only address this once and we will swiftly move on. And then Adam, you can uh, talk to the people about it. Number one, fuck the New York Giants. Number one, number one. I am on, for the rest of my life, I am on a New York Giants crusade. I will hate everything about them. You know how, I may have said this on the podcast, I'm not really sure, how the teams that I hated the most were the Eagles, the R-Words, and then the Giants were like down here, the Giants were like the, the third on the list. Yeah. Have I said that to you before? Either on air or off air. Okay. I, I assume that's how most Cowboys fans see it. I think yes. it's Eagles, yeah, Washington, Giants. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Now, the Giants have moved to a whole nother level. They're like up to here. They are way past the Eagles and the R-Words. I, I, I will never take a Giant in fantasy again, number one, so I can hate them with every fiber of my being. Number two. This is probably the um, the one that'll get me in trouble, but I really don't care. Fuck the New York Giants fans. Some of them. Some of them that had the audacity to try and say, and, and I wouldn't even say, I guess celebrate the fact that my quarterback was hurt the way that he was. Do it. Given to your hatred. <laughs> Jesus. Disgusting. Disgusting. And those, well, I, those, I fans, those fans should be ashamed of themselves. But then again, that is, New York, that is the New York Giants fan base. They are showing their, uh, their true colors. Well, it's in like terms the Eagles of being fans. Disrespectful at heart. It's like the Eagles fans that clapped uh, Michael Irvin off the field when he same thing. had his injury. Yep. Same thing. Gi- the Giants fans are in the same, are in the same boat now. Uh, and then number three. I don't think I celebrated when Tom Brady tore his ACL. I would hope not. I don't think I did. No. I would hope not because the bottom line is if that, hap- if that happened to Carson Wentz, if that happened to Daniel Jones, I would not be celebrating that. No way. No, not like that. Not with the way that happened to, to Dak. No way. Nope. And then number three, the final one, which I think everybody on planet Earth is pretty much united on right now, which really says a lot. Fuck Jerry Jones. That smug, little, arrogant bastard. He, he was probably, and obviously I don't know this for a fact. This is all hyperbole. But he was probably on the limo, in his limo, going to the hospital to see Dak. And he was probably in the limo, in the back seat next to Stephen and his wife and whomever, going... One million saved, two million saved, three million saved, four million saved. Pay Dak. He should have been paid a while ago. He should have been paid before this. But now we're going to have to deal with, for the next pretty much year or so, we're going to have to deal with the questions of, do you pay Dak? How do you pay Dak? Do you make it incentive-laden? Do you play Dak on the franchise deck? Do you do this? Do you do that? It's, it's going to be just a fucking headache to deal with. It's going to be the same cycle over and over and over and over again. And I don't know, maybe Jerry's uh, grandmaster plan is going to be to uh, for the Cowboys to just suck so much where they go 5-11 and 11 or something like that with, uh, with uh, this quarterback now that we have at the helm who, whose name I can't even say because it, dis- it disgusts me so much. That maybe they go five and eleven, and the Cowboys get a top ten pick, and maybe they'll get an opportunity to, to take a quarterback where Jerry Jones can actually get behind. Because I don't 
get behind him very much. But Stephen A made a very good point this morning on first take. I don't I don't know if you saw it, and I don't I don't watch that program very often because I'm not I'm not a fan of that program. But he made a very good point when he said, if this was Tony Romo looking for his first contract, you think Jerry Jones would hesitate? You're right, though. I'll leave it at that. Yeah. Oh, and Mercury's in retrograde in two days. That too. Yeah. Yep. I see a lot of I Jets fans. That, that long-winded ensemble, Adam. That was uh, – it's the only time I'll be talking about the Cowboys today. So, so yeah. you know what? I'm, uh, I'm getting it all out now. You know what, Bird? In that rant, I, like I said before, I saw a lot of Jets fanning you in, during that rant. In what way? You know, talking. Don't you dare insult my intelligence. Talking about how much you don't like it. I am emotional. Talking about how much you don't like other people's fan bases. Talking about quarterback, paying quarterbacks, quarterback controversies, hating the owner. Whole bit. It's very different. It's different. It's a different way, but it's. I wouldn't say that I don't like the Eagles and the Giants fan bases. I would say that I hate them with every fiber of my being. See, that's the, that's the Jets fan in you. That's that's it. Everybody has a little Jets fan in them, and that's it. It's it's the hatred is what it, is what really makes it. I guess I'm embracing it. Yeah. Anyway, um, so before we go on to talking about um, our games, we can talk about uh, Dan Quinn and Thomas Dimitrov getting fired by the Atlanta Falcons. Finally, finally after the their zero and five start. Only and took so long. Surprise! I'm kind of. Were you surprised that it was Raheem Mo, uh, Raheem Morris that was named the interim head coach and not uh, Dirk Cutter? Honestly, I thought it was going to be Dirk Cutter. I I literally said that yesterday when I was watching the game. I had said verbatim, "Dirk Cutter's gonna be the new head coach of the Atlanta Falcons." Little did I know they'd be going for another ex Tampa Bay Buccaneers head coach that they had in their roster. Yep. Who'd have thought? Uh, there's some breaking news uh, in regards to uh, to my guy. Uh, Dak Prescott will be out four to six months. Oh. So, yes, the season. Correct. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, this definitely was one of those things that was a long time coming for the, for the Falcons. Um, Dan Quinn was on the hot seat basically throughout the entire second half of the season last year in 2019 when the Falcons were eliminated on Thanksgiving. And this is a guy that was, uh, was it two kneel downs and a field goal away from a Super Bowl championship, basically? Pretty much. And yeah, which really, I mean, not to make this about me, which I, which I, I really hate doing, I never do that. But I, I mean, what the hell is the just excuse for not firing Adam Gaze? If two coaches who've had wildly who have wildly more successful head coaching careers have been fired from their teams and yet adam gaze who has not only not won a playoff game as a head coach but also helms the worst offense and probably worst football team in the entire nfl the, the guy has more double digit losses than wins as the jets head coach I think the real question, though, that you need to ask yourself right now, especially after the Broncos game, what kind of PR hit would the Jets take if they fire Adam Gates tomorrow and then make Greg Williams the head coach? Ooh, boy. That would be a shitstorm. Ooh, boy. That would be a fucking mess. So maybe Joe Douglas is kind of – advising Woody Johnson on that one where he's kind of saying, you know, make Brent yeah, Boyer this is... the head coach. The special yeah. teams seemingly is the only, is the only thing that can go right for the jets. Yeah. But I mean, but I mean, if, if you, if you overlook Greg Williams for this spot as interim head coach, if you no, fire, you fire tomorrow, you fire both of them, honestly, because the defense I, I has been terrible too. I think that's the only way where if you, you've, you've just clean house, because bottom line is, Greg Williams, as head interim head coach of this football team, that that would, it would be a PR mess for the Jets. 
and something that, you know, when they're trying to reset or reestablish a culture within the New York Jets locker room and what they're trying to do in terms of creating a winning football team, it would take a temporary slide downhill with Greg Williams at the helm, prob- at the helm probably more so than with Adam Gaze right now, which is saying a lot. Yes. I mean, people, people would be very happy if Adam Gaze got, gets fu- got fired. Like fans would be. And I mean, I'm sure some journalists, um, maybe one guy who works for the Daily News probably wouldn't be too happy. But um, yeah, yeah, he wouldn't be too thrilled. I think that, but really, I think if you're going to fire Adam Gaze, I, I'm sure they would probably want to fire Greg Williams too because he's, he's just as impl- uh, complicit, I guess would be the word, in this as Adam Gaze is because the defense has really, hasn't really done him any favors. In yeah, games. I guess I guess complicit is the word. Yeah, sure. And frankly, I mean, in the back of my mind, even when the Jets' defense was good last year, I was like, the defense is really good, but Greg Williams is also an awful person, and like he tried to kill Brett Favre, among and other players in the NFL, with with his schemes, schemes literally and figuratively. And, <laughs> Adam, what an articulate way of putting it. <laughs> yeah. And I, I don't know. I hope that if, if Adam Gaze and Greg Williams don't get fired in the season, they both get fired after the season. I'm sure they will. Oh, they, they, they are not yeah. coming back. No. no. There's no way. Oh, no, 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 no. But frankly, I mean, I, think, I still think that Brant Boyer, this, the special teams coordinator, should get a chance at head coach. Because it's Sam Ficken and, James, and Jameson Crowder are like the only fantasy options right now for the Jets, basically. Uh, yeah. That's when, that's when the Jets aren't being blown out in games. But, I mean, Ficken, Ficken's looked all right. Yep. I mean, he only, he only made one field goal. He only had one field goal attempt. But he made like five in the, in the Bronco game, or four in the Bronco game. Yep. So, this is exactly what you want. Um, yeah. And then... It, I'm sure you, you, not only you, Bird, but also you, listeners, saw the schedule changes that are going on. What a mess. And they, they are a mess. So I hope everyone that worked on that schedule and tried to figure out what the hell is going to happen ha- downed a bottle of gasoline. Just stick to gasoline at that Bleach. point. I don't know if there's any booze that would help. Uh, calm the uh, the storms like just straight gasoline would have. But Jesus Christ, the the real unsung heroes are the uh, is, are the people in the scheduling department for the NFL. It's true though, the real MVPs. So the Broncos Patriots are not playing tonight. We are all, we will only be previewing one game. Broncos Patriots will be played next week on Sunday. Two games. Well, that's true. We're previewing two games. One game on Monday, one game on Tuesday. Thank God there's only one game tonight. If I had to watch 5 o'clock football on a Monday, I would – that would be awful. Well, you haven't I, – I haven't finished talking yet. Um, yeah, I haven't finished talking yet. So, uh, yeah. So, we have the Tuesday game of Buffalo and Tennessee, and then the Monday game as scheduled – Chargers, Saints. Okay, so we got that. Yep. Yep. Patriots, Broncos being played on Sunday at one o'clock. And then, if and when the um, Bills Tennessee game goes off as planned, even though that was that took a little hit on Sunday when the Titans closed their facility again. But I mean, it looks like everything's going to be fine for Tuesday. Maybe. Maybe. But anyway, if that game goes ahead, there will be no Thursday night game this week or next week. So the Bills Chiefs would be moved to 5 o'clock on Monday, next Monday, a week from today. And then it would be – They would play Monday? Yeah. 
That's what I saw. Oh my god! So you're gonna? That's why I said, "Don't let me finish speaking." Uh, five o'clock oh, on a Monday Jesus. football, Kansas City Buffalo, and then Arizona Dallas at eight fifteen. Ugh. And then also next week, there were a lot of shifted around stuff with like the Jets and Giant. I mean the Jets and the Dolphins. Um. Yeah, Dolphins got moved around a lot. And then because they had to reschedule the Broncos and Dolphins. So, um, yeah. But we'll talk about that more next week because week six is where a lot of these changes are taking place. But, that, but now that we know, for the stuff that affects us now, we'll talk about it now. For stuff that affects us in the future, we'll talk about it on Friday. Yes. And then so we're going to have a Wednesday waiver show because of uh, Tuesday in football. And also – a Mercury and Retrograde waiver show because that'll be the first day. What a time. Can't, I can't wait to – that show's going to be fun to edit. I will volunteer to take that one. Well, it's good that you said that on the record. On the record, I volunteer. Great. Thank you. You're the best. Yeah, yeah. I hate you. <laughs> Love you too. All right. So let's move on to these games because uh, we have a fair amount to go through. And, oh, God, I've been ripping off so many Band-Aids over the weeks that I think my, uh, my finger is going to, like, atrophy or whatever. It's terrible. So, Jets, Cardinals. Buy or sell? Christian Kirk has returned as the number, one, as the number two receiver in the Cardinals offense. I don't think he ever left. Well, he was injured for a bit. Yeah, he was he – was, injured but i don't think his role was ever questioned when he would have uh, come back to the lineup so i i guess bye yeah but i okay. i don't think i don't think the role ever changed all right i have one more i have, an, I have another one buy okay. or sell it's kind of what i said before buy or sell jameson crowder and sam ficken are the only worthy fantasy options for the new york jets sell because i think Le'Veon bell can be they just need to get him more involved in the passing game I agree. You only give him one. You only get one target. I mean, yeah. I don't. I don't understand that. You're using Le'Veon Bell like you're using Frank Gore. He's not Frank Gore. He's Le'Veon Bell. Just wait till Le'Veon Bell's off the Jets, and then he'll be the Le'Veon Bell we all know and love. Well, that's that's how it happens. Adam Gaze kind of, is a it, parasite. It kind of reminds me of uh, another former Jet that we'll probably get to later in this episode because he does happen to be part of my buy or sell. But we'll we'll get there. Believe me, we'll get there. Um, I miss him. <laughs> so did I? Did I answer by yourself for that one? Uh, you said sell. I did say sell. I did say yeah. sell. Okay. Uh, buy or sell. Chase Edmonds is more valuable in fantasy than Kenyon Drake. I'm buying it. He had a really good game. He had a really really good game. He didn't get a lot on the ground. He only got three carries, but the one carry, the one of the carries that he had was a 29-yard touchdown. So what are you going to do? Um, yeah. But he still got six targets in the pa- in the uh, passing game, and I think that that's what Cliff Kingsbury wants out of him is to be a passing down running back who can who has big play potential. Kenny Drake only got one target in the passing game to go yeah. get, to go along with the 18 carries, but. Yeah, I think that in PPR, Chase Evans is a better option than Kenny Drake for right now. Just well, I mean, you you look at you look at what he's done the last couple of weeks. Kenyon Drake, the last five weeks, you know, receptions two, two, one, zero, one. You know, that's 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 not great. It's not great in PPR. It's kind of a PPR vacuum of sorts. Um, the eighteen carries is a good number. You know, I don't think anybody's really going to complain about that too much, but. Uh, I think in PPR, if you're looking for the back to own here, it might be Chase Edmonds. And, I mean, I'll even tell you this right now, and, you know, this is just me being flat-out honest. I think Chase Edmonds looks like the better back, honestly. I think he looks more explosive. I think he looks more hungry. I think he wants the job more than Kenyon Drake, who I think just kind of assumes the job right now. Well, I think this is kind of like what we, what we were saying throughout all the preview stuff over the summer, 
Whereas, like, it's only a matter of time before this is Chase Edmonds is back. We both said this. We both yeah. did say that. Yeah, a hundred percent. And I think the one thing we also—I I guess you got to pick this buy or sell. Uh, buy or sell. You should not be drafting a guy who is listed as the number one running back for the Arizona Cardinals ever again. Bye. This is two years in a row now. Yeah, it's true. This is two years in a row. We've gone from David Johnson being replaced by Kenyon Drake. Now we're at Chase Edmonds replacing Kenyon Drake. So who's going to be the guy that replaces Chase Edmonds? That's a fantastic question. Let's <laughs> see. Who do we have? Who do we, we, we Eno Benjamin. We have Alfred Morris is on. Cardinals? No. It says he's on the, it says he's on the Cardinals. What? I thought, it was, I thought it was on the Giants. Because, because his uh, old boy, uh, Jason Garrett, wanted him. Yeah, he's on the Giants. This is fake news. Yes, ESPN fantasy is fake news. Well, this is something that Eli's on the Giants. True, very so, true. Yeah. Yes, but they but the guy do that will uh, replace Chase Edmonds next year is uh, Eno Benjamin. So uh, yeah, go ahead and get Eno Benjamin into your uh, dynasty rosters because you're going to have a uh, an RB one in two years that'll be replaced by somebody. Yep. It'd be funny if it's like it's replaced by. By Dave, they bring back uh, David Johnson gets cut by the Texans and then they bring back David Johnson. David Johnson. And they're like, we re- now we won this trade before, but now we really won this trade. Yeah. So done. Done talking about that. Hopefully, Adam Gaze gets fired while I'm editing this. From your mouth to God's ears. Make me sleep better at night. Uh, also, hopefully, Greg Williams gets fired too, and then gets blackballed from the NFL. For crimes against humanity. Anyway, so next game, it's also a blowout. Bengals, Ravens. This, yeah, no. Um, Ish. Yeah. Buy or sell. Joe Mixon will never have a good game against the Ravens. Um, see, I thought he had a solid game against the Ravens. 15 fantasy points. It's kind of the threshold that I look for. I mean, yeah, it's not what you want from... Uh, maybe an RB two, but this is a guy that, like I said, temper your expectations. If you could avoid him, avoid him. But if you had to play him and you go ahead and you hope that he gives you something. And I, I think he did that. Um, this is a matchup again, that I don't think a lot of people expected much from Joe Mixon and he provided something. So um, I, I think he had a good matchup this week. So I think I, I or he had a good result this week. So yeah, I'm going to sell it. I think he, I think he was okay. Ayersell, T. Higgins is in the conversation as the number one receiver for the Bengals. Sell. Sell. He is firmly the number two receiver, but I don't think he's the number one receiver. Was he in the conversation? No. Sell. Okay. Sell. Yeah. Right. Tyler Boyd. Tyler Boyd is the established number one now for this offense. And AJ Green should be packing it up and calling it a career. Oh, AJ Green. Not a good year for the class of 2011, let me tell you. <laughs> no, no, not a good year. Buy or sell. Uh, I, we may have had this one before, but I'm going to go back and say it again. Um, Mark, actually, yeah, I will. Are I'll you about change, to slander I'll, Mark Andrews? Because I no, don't want to hear it. No, I'm not. No, I'm not. Buy or sell. Mark Ingram is droppable. Ooh. I'm selling it for now. That's tough. I'm selling it too. For now. Buy or sell. J.K. Dobbins is droppable. Buy. Yeah. Buy. I think, uh, you know, when Jake, Jake came on this podcast and uh, he, he was very hot on uh, J.K. Dobbins. And uh, sorry about that one, buddy. It's, uh, it's not going to pan out this year. He might be a year early. Uh, it's very possible. Yeah, it's very possible. I think J.K. is a really, really good player. But I think in this backfield where there are just so many bodies, I mean, J.K. is like the number three option in this backfield. That You could even put number four if you really want to put Lamar Jackson ahead of him. Lamar Jackson, then Mark Ingram, then Gus Buss. Then it's yeah. J.K. Dobbins. And you yeah. have like Justice Hill that kind of, you know, goes in and out there as well. So, um, We also yeah. have like receivers that can run like Devin Duvernay and Marquise right. Brown. That, that, net, that switch around was really nice yesterday. Yeah. That Duvernay took for 40-something yards, I believe. Let me tell really, you, really, really nice. The one thing that I love 
about the NFL now. One of the best, one of my favorite developments is the amount of end arounds that we're seeing, the increase of end arounds that we're seeing. Seeing wider and like trick plays also. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's, it's a copycat league. It's a, it's a creative league where everybody buys things off of each other and learns to incorporate it to their own teams. So I'm I mean, all for it, though. I, I, I love the creativity. You see Tyree Kill getting a rushing touchdown. Devin Duvernay rushing for 42 yards on a carry. Jarvis Dak, Prescott, Dak Prescott having more receptions at half than Amari Cooper did. <laughs> yeah. Um, last week, Jarvis Landry throwing a touchdown to Odo Beckham. And then the, talk uh, about it. the trick play showdown between the Cowboys and the Giants. All the trick plays. Love it. I don't want to talk about how Dallas ran the Philly special. <laughs> yeah. But we're not calling it the Philly special. No, 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 no. So what do they, what do they call it now? The Dallas special? Something that's not the Philly special because I don't know how, how, uh, how Cowboys fans would feel about uh, the Cowboys having play in their, uh, their playbook that is called the Philly special. Well, that'd be like the Jets running the fakes, running a fake spike. True. Against True. I don't think I don't. I don't think they'd want to uh, to copy that one. That'd be funny, though. Oh, I'm sure you would love it, considering uh, considering the New York Jets. Anything with the New York Jets right now, you could take as a positive. You'll run with. Yes, it's true. Uh, let's move on to the battle for Pennsylvania. And this is a, this is a good game for a bit. Yeah. No, actually, really, you know, the Eagles really made it competitive. They, I mean, it was competitive up until like you know, the fourth quarter around midway through the third. But uh, the Steelers were just too good for them, right? Honestly. And Big Ben off a of bye week. You got to love it. Did you know, and I had no idea about this coming in. They said it during, um, during on Red Zone. This is the first time the Steelers have gone 4-0 since 1979. I couldn't believe that. I could really? not believe it. Yeah. I'm surprised. I was too. I was amazed. I was like, "Holy shit!" I would have, I would have thought that like someone like the mid two thousands, late two thousands teams went four and zero at least once. Nope. Guess not. I nope. They won the Super Bowl that year too in seventy nine. Yeah, that would be a good guess. Why don't you go first? This is actually a very easy one. Although I, I could probably tell which direction you're going. There's only one guy to talk about here. Yeah that I think everybody has on their uh, on the forefront today in terms of uh, what they want to talk about. Uh, buy or sell? Chase Claypool is the number two receiver, and Deontay Johnson is now the number three. I'm selling it. I think Chase Claypool really took the opportunity that he had with uh, Deontay Johnson being out injured again with a new ailment. We have a well, back injury. So now I mean, we have the thing. We have a head injury for Deontay Johnson. We're looking for the shoulder. He had a knee and now he has a he had a toe too and now he's got a back. So we're just we're creating the uh, the 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 body pentuple, I guess we're uh, we're going for here. Yeah, I'm going to sell it because I think the Chase Claypool is the number 1 receiver in the Steelers offense. I'm just You're out of your mind. I'm kidding. No, he's – I honestly, I'm buying it, really. If Deontay Johnson can't stay on the field, then Chase Claypool is going to be the number two receiver. Well, I'm, I think I'm, I really should have phrased the question as when everybody's healthy. Oh. Deontay Johnson is the number two receiver. I think, I think Chase Claypool can be a, a very good contributor to this offense. I really do. Talking about and the I here think, and now. I, I mean, think he has season-long value. So uh, when we're on the waiver show this week, uh, we will most certainly be talking about Chase Claypool, considering he is only owned in 8% of leagues right now. So he will absolutely 100% be on that waiver show this week, and we'll talk about him more then. I mean, you can't, you can't just skate by and have four touchdowns and have people not talk about you. Oh, yeah. And there'll be people that'll be throwing the kitchen sink trying to get Chase Claypool. I can guarantee you that. Uh, I have one more, and then I'll, I'll let you uh, take it. And I hope I'm not stealing your thunder. If I am, I apologize. Buy or sell, Travis Fulgham is the number one receiver in Philadelphia. You didn't take mine, but I, I agree with you. For right now, yes, I buy it. I, I sell it because I think it's like a 1A, 1B sort of deal with him and Greg Ward. Yeah. 
And then what does his offense look like when Alshon Jeffrey comes back? That's another, that's another question Jackson. that I have. Yeah. Uh, Deshaun Jackson, I don't include in this conversation. Fair enough. Uh, buy or sell? It's time, to be, it's time to worry about Zach Ertz. Oh, bye. Bye, 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 bye. I love being right. I hate being right, and I love being right. It's a very conflicting gift that I have. I don't – I mean, I'm not happy that my prediction for Zach Ertz is probably going to be right, but also – I can't I mean, believe your, your prediction for Zach Ertz is going to be right. I, I, I cannot believe it. Then again, he does still play Dallas twice. So it's true. Prepare yourself. Yeah. Also, you might be getting I mean, if, Dallas if, back in if, two weeks. If Evan Ingram could score against the Dallas Cowboys, I think anybody could. <laughs> Evan right. Ingram almost scored twice. You're right. You're absolutely right. So next game, Jacksonville and Houston. Mazel tov on the Texans for getting their first win. Romeo Cornell. More wins in 2020 than Bill O'Brien. You love to see it. You, you really do. You really, 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 really do. Well, I take that back. They have the same amount of wins. Oh, did Bill O'Brien win in the last – was the last game of the season on January 1st or something? No. The playoff game. Oh, that's right, the playoff game. The playoff game against the Bills. I apologize. Yeah. So Romeo Cornell and Bill O'Brien are tied for wins in 2020. Yes. In the calendar year of 2020. Because you're going to have someone that'll, uh, that'll respond with some nonsense. That'll be, oh, but wait, it's the 2020 season. That was in the 2019 season. You're wrong. I'm right. No, 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 no. We are talking about the calendar year, the year of our Lord, 2020. Bill O'Brien and Romeo Cornell have the same amount of wins. Well, there you go. Buy or sell? Brandon Cooks is back. Sell. Sell. It is an overreaction after one game where the other four, he has looked like pure garbage. I agree with you. It, it's a good sign, but I'm not willing to thrust him in my lineup right away. I think I want to see it again where Brandon Cooks is a consistent part of this game plan going forward. All right. What's yours? Um, buy or sell. LaVisca Chenault is a better receiver than DJ Chark. I had a feeling you were going to go here. As soon as I looked at the box score, I was like, oh, wow. Yeah. I, I don't, I'm selling it. Not, not by much. I'm conflicted on this just because I think that, you know, DJ Chark is still the number one receiver in Jacksonville. I... I don't know. I, LaVisca Chanel is definitely up there. He's, he's creeping on uh, DJ Chark's throne as the number one receiver in Jacksonville. But I don't know. I could, it could very much see like this, their stat lines being flipped next week. DJ Chark also hurt his ankle in this game. So that's something that will need to be monitored as well. I'm buying it. I'm buying it. I know DJ Chark. DJ Chark is still number one receiver. I'm not saying that he's not. But I think just pound for pound, I think LaVisca Chenault's a better receiver than DJ Chark. And, and Adam, you know, you know me coming in, how I was a very big LaVisca Chenault fan. Yes. And he's proving it. And I thought when he went to Jacksonville, I said, fuck, there, go, there goes that. But he's been brilliant. He's been so good. And... Gardner seems to love him, and I'm just going off of the eye test and what I see, and that's LaVisca Chenault really, really, really does look like a big-time uh, receiver for, uh, for the Jacksonville Jaguars, and I, I really am curious as to you know when DJ Chark did get hurt and if that played a part in uh, DJ Chark only getting four targets, but LaVisca Chanel had eight targets and he came down with seven of those receptions. That is phenomenal for him. And if he can just add uh, the touchdowns to, uh, to these stat lines, uh, we're talking about a receiver that can be absolutely outstanding for your fantasy teams. So yeah, I- I'm, I'm buying it where I'm not, yeah, I'm not saying that he's the number one receiver, but I am saying he's a better pound, pound, pound for pound receiver than DJ Charkas. Well, he's definitely looking good. Definitely looking good. 
All right. This this is interesting. Uh, the Raiders and the Chiefs. This game was really really fascinating. Just as one of those one of those things. You this kind of reminds me of remember in 2010 how the Browns beat the Patriots. Yes. Patriots won 14 and two. Their only two losses were against the Jets and the Browns. Mm-hmm. Yep. So this kind of reminds me of one of those games. I mean the Raiders are definitely really good. Well, this but, is a prime example of divisional games matter. They do. They really, really do. Because anything can happen. At home, too. At uh, home. And the, the Chiefs' defense, where was the defense that went to Baltimore? Where did that defense go? Yeah. Yep. This looked like a bunch of practice squad players. Yep. You're right. You're absolutely right. Buy or sell. Josh Jacobs will finish in the top three as a top three running back this season. Ooh. Josh Jacobs has had five touchdowns so far. Wow, that's tough. I'm selling it, but there is a path for him. There are 100% is. Yeah. Josh Jacobs is third of the way to 1,000 yards already. He has 377 yards on the ground and five touchdowns. So... I mean, this looking like a really good making of a really great breakout season for Josh Jacobs. I mean, he looks great. He looks the part. Um, but do I see him being a top three running back when we're still talking about guys like Alvin Kamara being there? Um, you have Ezekiel Elliott, who I think really is going to have a much more substantive role in what the Cowboys are looking to do going forward. I think there's going to be much more of an emphasis on running the ball now with uh, with no Dak. Um, I look at someone like Dalvin Cook, and we don't know what his status is. We'll get to Dalvin Cook in a minute, and the Vikings really in just a minute. Um, and then you have Derrick Henry as well. James Robinson still very much on the scene. Uh, we don't know what Kareem Hunt could potentially do. You know, I don't think that's really out of the question. So uh, Josh Jacobs definitely has a pathway to being a top three running back. But it's, it's going to take a lot for him to, uh, to do it. I don't see him being, being one of those guys, though, that leapfrogs uh, Zeke or Kamara. But can he be the number three? Totally he can be. And we don't know what Christian McCaffrey's going to do when he comes back because he could just be on a full crusade against the league. Yep. And he could just go back to being the McCaffrey that we all know and love that's putting up 30 points a week. And that could very easily get him into the top three, even with missing three weeks of action. Yeah, that would be pretty impressive if he was, if he would, was able to do that. So what's your buy or sell? The Chiefs aren't as good as we all thought. Buy or sell? Uh, I'm selling. I think that the Chiefs are still very good. I, I don't think there were a lot of people that expected this team to go 16-0. and and games like this happen when you're up against really good teams like the Raiders. Um, the defense really needs to step up, though, because the defense was, was awful in this game. And I think that really that's what kind of held the Chiefs back a couple of years ago from going to the Super Bowl in 2018 against the Rams. So the only way they, that the Chiefs can really bounce back from this and and – reach their goal of making it to uh, to another Super Bowl is step their defense step up. I buy it, actually. I think their offense is the best offense in the National Football League. I think their defense is a bottom five defense. And I think teams that are playing the Chiefs now have a blueprint of how you beat them. And that is you don't necessarily resort to the ground and pound. You take deep shots. You try and beat them over the top. That's exactly what Oakland did. They beat them with speed. That is what you do. That is how you beat with – did I say Oakland? I'm pretty sure I said Oakland. Damn it. Las Vegas. There we go. But that's what the Raiders did. They beat them by throwing over the top. That is how you beat this defense. That's textbook. And – Yes, I know that every team doesn't have a Henry Ruggs on their roster. I get that. But I don't see on this defense a number one shutdown corner 
that can take guys out of games. I see two very good safeties in Juan Thornhill and, and Tyron Matthew, but there's only so much that good, not great players can do for a team that desperately needs players to, to, to step up on defense. And I think also, and you can tell me if I'm wrong on this, if I'm being overreactive, please tell me. I think this defense for a long time, a long time, has been masked by the offense and how good the offense is just scoring on every every single drive where the flaws of this defense have been, I guess, hidden and people haven't really realized it. But when the Raiders, I mean, give full credit to the Raiders. I mean, they played a really, really good game all around yesterday. When the Chiefs weren't scoring and they were going on that on that run, you know, midway through the second quarter, going into the third quarter, when they weren't really scoring, it, it the defense flaws were opened up because the Raiders were just throwing bombs in, and and that was that. So it was a shock for sure that the Raiders went in there to Arrowhead and did that. Every team has a loss like that, especially the great teams, where there is a loss where they get utterly embarrassed and the team comes together, fix their flaws, and goes out and continues to be productive. And I, I still think that this is a 13-3, and 14-2 team. I really do. Um, but there's a lot of work that has to be done on the defensive side of the ball, a lot. Yeah, I mean – Maybe it's a little over overreactionary to say that the defense has been um, the flaws. The defense have been masked by the offense. It's true. It's true to a point. I do think that. But I mean, you look at either last season or early this season. The defense has come up in big situations. I mean, they came up against Baltimore, and they and they didn't get like gashed by by the Ravens. So, I don't, I don't know. I mean, these games happen. Like you said, these games happen. And, you know, this is one of those games where Andy Reid's like, well, you know, you, you can't win them all even when you're one of the best teams on any given Sunday. That's what it is. That's what this is. And, you know, at the black hole, in the, the rematch at the black hole, that star, it's going to be a lit game. Gonna be really, really cool. Did you just say it's gonna be really lit? I did. Wow. I Don't did. ever say that again. <laughs> I'll say it. Any chance I get. The Rams' hey. defense was lit yesterday. I... Oh dear. Oh dearie me. Tyree Kill did the business. Yep. He didn't. He didn't have one catch for eight yards. Terry Kill, consistent. I've never seen – we are truly in a different timeline. Must be 2020. So uh, let's stick with the 1 o'clock games. And going to the Rams, making the cross-country trip all the way to Washington, to FedEx Field, to go again up against the football team. And, you know, the Rams, it's all right. It was, a, it was an all right performance. It kind of reminds me of uh, – last week against the Giants, where it was just like, kind of like a meh. I mean, they put up, the offense put up more points. Jared Goff had a much better game, but it was kind of just like a, eh, happens. Good game. When you're going up against a team like that, um, buy or sell. Alex Smith will win comeback player of the year when the awards come around at the end of the season. Buy, I guess. I mean, it's not about fantasy. It's a nice story. It, 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 it's, a, it's a very nice story. But the Washington team looked bad. They looked very bad. Yeah. And not even Alex Smith could have come in and saved them. Uh, by yourself, my anxiety will be at an all-time high whenever I see Alex Smith take a hit like I did yesterday when Aaron Donald was on his back. Bye. All right, getting on to the football. Buy or sell, another tight end in trouble. Tyler Higby is fucked. Uh, bye. I don't know. I think, see, Sean McVay just loves those committees. He has committees in every single position except for quarterback. It's unbelievable. I'm surprised we didn't see Blake Bortles coming for a couple snaps at the end of this game. Because he's, commi he's a committee at running back. He's a committee at wide receiver. 
and he has a committee at tight end. Four catches for 90 yards, two catches for 12 yards, four targets, two targets. You would think the top guy would be Tyler Higby. It wasn't. It was Gerald Everett. It's true. You cannot start Tyler Higby anymore. You cannot. Tyler Higby's days as a, as a go-to, reliable starting tight end are over. Over. Done. Muerta. Benit. You're right. How many more languages do you want me to say? How many more languages do you know how to say it in? Um, well, muerta and finite mean just kind of the same thing. Dead finished. I mean, it's like you hate investing in this offense. You hate it because you just don't know what's going to happen on a week-to-week basis. I mean, it was nice that, that Robert Woods had a nice game this week, but Cooper Cup, five for 66, that's not great. No. That is not good at all. No. Robert Woods, honestly, his day was saved by the long touchdown. He, didn't, he doesn't have a long touchdown there. You're asking yourself, what the hell is going on with the Rams' offense? How well, can they like, score? Yeah. How can they score if you take Robert Woods' touchdown off the board? How can they score 23 points and Cooper Cup and Robert Woods don't score? Yep. It's true. It's very true. I don't know. I really, I really don't know. I or sell, there is no true number one uh, in any position group for the Rams. Why? Because there never has been. Never has been. There never has been. This is, the, this is the Rams. This is what they do. This is the mess that the Rams just want to create for fantasy owners and managers that they don't want to have a number one on any given week for anything. If there was any proof that teams in the NFL don't care about fantasy football, the proof is the Rams. Correct. The Rams do not care about fantasy football at all. 100% correct. All right, let's finish up the 1 o'clock games. Carolina and Atlanta. Buy or sell? Matt Ryan is droppable. Sell? I would not say he's startable, though. He's okay. not droppable, but he's not startable. So I think he's someone you, you hold on to and you hope that he figures it out. I, I mean, I don't know. He just hasn't really inspired too much confidence. Hopefully, I mean, I don't know. I don't think having Raheem Morris as your coach is really going to help with the offense at all because it's still Dirk Cutter running the offense. Fair. The offense is still not good. I guess as a follow-up, like, is Matt Ryan nothing without Julio Jones? No. No, he's something. He's something. He has Calvin Ridley, who had a really good game, though. Really good game. Really good game for, uh, for Calvin Ridley. Yeah, I think it's just about tempering your expectations with Matt Ryan. I don't think he's having a 30-touchdown season. Um, but if he can be a guy get you somewhere between 20 and 25 touchdowns, uh, maybe he throws for – I would say he throws for over 4,000 yards. Uh, you're still talking about a guy that could be a low-end QB1 at the end of the day. It's just, it's just a rough spell for, uh, for Matt Ryan, and we are, uh, we're about of a third of the way done with the, uh, with the fantasy season. So, um, you know, I would expect him to, to pick it up, and uh, they will figure it out in Atlanta, especially on the offensive side of the ball. Actually, we're um, almost halfway done with the fantasy season because if it's week 13 playoffs, then week 16 championship is week eight. Oh, that's true. I guess we're halfway done with the regular season. There you go. Big brain. Buy or sell, the Jets regret not, not signing Robbie Anderson. How many times can I buy this? I'll, buy, I'll take 10. Buy or sell, Robbie Anderson is very happy that he left the New York Jets. I'm selling that because I – well. <laughs> are no, you high? At the time. Are I'm, you high? I mean, probably now. Probably now he is. But at the time, he was not. Let, He's got to be the happiest human being on planet Earth. Hold on. Hold on. I was, I was listening to an interview with Michael Irvin, who apparently – I guess he talks to Robbie Anderson a fair amount. He said that Robbie Anderson called him like crying when the Jets didn't resign, didn't resign him. At the time, I'm sure he wasn't happy, but I think now, now he probably is. 
because of how well he's doing. You are ridiculous. Robbie Anderson's got to be the happiest human being on God's green earth that he is not with that terrible franchise. Bye. Good for you, Robbie. You're showing that you are an elite receiver in this league. Good for you. Just want the Jets let get away. I hope Adam Gaze never find, just never coaches in football ever again. Ever. Well, maybe he'll get a high school job. He ruins everything he touches. Maybe he'll get a high school job. Everything. Every single thing he touches, he ruins. By yourself, Teddy Bridgewater is a startable fantasy quarterback going forward. I'm buying it. He's got good weapons. Sure. I mean, especially when, uh, when CMC comes back in a couple weeks. It's going to be even better with this offense. Yeah, I buy it. So there you go. Moving on, next game, Miami at San Francisco. This was a weird game. I'm surprised that this game happened the way it, ha- the way it happened. But I, I'm going to go in the same vein. Uh, buy or sell. Jimmy G is droppable. Uh, buy. I mean, I never thought Jimmy Garoppolo was very good. You know this quite well about my uh, discussion about Jimmy Garoppolo. Mm-hmm. It's about time. It's about damn time. He's the real system quarterback. Oh, yes, he is. Although Tom Brady still still is. But Jimmy G, well, Jimmy G system, definitely is. The system failed him, and he couldn't get around it. Bye, bye, bye. Well, I guess you could say bye, bye, bye in more than one way with, uh, with Jimmy Garoppolo. Bye, bye, bye. Wow, that was something. What, that was something. I, I couldn't tell. Was that Justin Timberlake or was that J.C. Chavez? Damn. I don't want to hear it. Hey, fun fact. When I was, when I was growing up, and, and still now, still now, I'll, I'll honor my flaws. Big sync guy over here. Were you saying, were you making that joke because Jimmy Garoppolo looks like he could probably be a member of NSYNC? He definitely could. He could pass he for one at a, at a convention? He definitely could. He might be better at being a member of NSYNC than being a professional NFL quarterback, probably. Yeah. And no, it wasn't a joke. I'm dead serious. I don't dead bl- serious. I bl- I believe you. Love NSYNC. Great, great group of people. Uh, buy or sell. We were dead wrong on Ryan Fitzpatrick, and he's going to be the starter the rest of the season for the Miami Dolphins. Bye. Bye. He, he should be. Yeah. He should, he should he, be. Yeah, you're right. He looks terrific. See, this is what happens. This is the Ryan Fitzpatrick experience. Yes, it is. The tantalizing potential of a 35-plus-year-old quarterback. It's true. Very true. That keeps you your own guy on the bench. I mean, honestly, this is probably the best thing that could ever happen to Tua because now he has more time to get completely healthy and and be the starter potentially for a full season next year. It's a great situation for, for Tua where he gets to learn behind Ryan Fitzpatrick and see how it's done. I agree. Yep. Let's move on. Colts Browns. Did you hear, did you see what Baker said? No. What did Baker Baker say now? They were like, so did you play through uh, cracked ribs or bruised ribs? And Baker was like, mama didn't raise no wuss. (laughs) Well, if Baker wasn't on national television, he probably would have said something else. Yeah. Probably would have. Mama didn't her. raise no bitch. Yeah. Why don't you go first here? Oh, you're, gi- you're giving me the floor. Yes, the floor is what yours. A, what a gentleman. Gentleman and a yours. scholar. Gentleman and a scholar. Um, let's see. Buy or sell, Austin Hooper is a startable tight end for fantasy. I, I buy it. I think that mm. this is uh, – the top three the top three weapons in the in the um, Browns offense seems like it's just it's Jarvis Landry, Odo Beckham Jr. and Austin Hooper. Not necessarily in that order, but um, I mean Austin Hooper came had ten targets this week. Yeah, and that's promising, and especially with uh, and this is with a healthy David Njoku as well. Right. David Njoku only had one target, one catch. Six yards, no touchdowns, no immaculate stat line. This is, this is what it was. 
terrible. I think that Baker Mayfield is finally coming around on how to use Austin Hooper and utilize his strengths. I'm still selling it because I want to see more of it, but we're I'm getting close to saying that Hooper is uh, is startable on a week to week basis. Buy or sell? Baker Mayfield's fully bounced back from his sell. sophomore slump. Sell. Not there yet. Close, but not there. Okay. Kevin Stefanski should win coach of the year. Are you buying that? Not Kevin Stefanski. No, 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 no. Baker. Oh, no, I'm not buying that. Okay. Okay, good. Honestly, you know how 20, it would be so 2020 if the Browns win the Super Bowl? That would be something. You know, 2020, that would be the most 2020 thing that would happen. It really would be. It really, really, really would be. Chaotic evil. That's yeah. what that is. All right. This is the game I'm not talking about. Yep. Okay. So it's just me. Yep, uh, not, to- Gi- not talking about it. Giants Cowboys. Um, yeah. Daniel Jones. I don't know, man. I'm surprised that uh, Dwayne Haskins got benched before Daniel Jones just because Daniel Jones really has not looked good. He hasn't uh, had a touchdown since week one or week two. He's, he's looked terrible. Uh, Devontae Freeman looks solid. Darius Slayton had a had a great day as well. Definitely he's the number one receiver in uh, in the Giants offense. But the uh, I mean the Cowboys defense makes a lot of people a lot of receivers look good. So uh, what a catch by Michael Gallup though at the end of that game to set up the field goal. Love that. I mean, the two catches, really. The one, the toe tap, and then the, uh, the catch right after where, he, where it was like a toe tap, and then he also was able to get his knees inbound, inbounds as well. Phenomenal, phenomenal, phenomenal. Also, uh, I love the, all the trick plays that happened. I mean, that, that fake field goal that never was looked really cool, but there was a flag on that. And then the play... Uh, the touchdown that Cedric Wilson threw was pretty was pretty cool as well. Real shame about what happened to Dak Prescott, speedy recovery. And I guess it's going to be Bird's least favorite quarterback for the rest of the year for the uh, for the Dallas Cowboys, unfortunately. But, you know, Andy Dalton does have a track record of doing kind of well. And I feel like this is one of those things where, uh, I don't know, he's never played on a team this good. I'll say that. Andy Dalton has never played on a team this good. So he could probably do something with this team. Probably one of the better backup quarterbacks in in football. Just put in a really good situation. And he has probably one of the best running backs in football with uh, Ezekiel Elliott rushing for two touchdowns uh, this game. So all in all, great performance. By, uh, by all involved, great game. Down to the wire. Buy or sell. Fuck the New York Giants. Bye. Bye. Let's preview. Well, before we preview, let's talk about Sunday night. Sunday night football between the Vikings and the Seahawks. Another great game. Unbelievable. Buy or sell. DK Metcalf is the greatest human being to ever walk planet Earth. Bye. I love him. I love him so much. Buy or sell. Russell Wilson and Patrick Mahomes are the two best quarterbacks in football. Buy. Yeah. Buy. 100%. Russell Wilson's just, he's such a beast. He's such a beast. Yeah. I mean, here's the question, though, that I want to ask you, Adam, in relation to this game. Why didn't Minnesota kick the field goal? I don't know. The worst that could happen is Seattle ties and you go to overtime. I don't know. That makes no sense. No sense. I, I, I really, 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 really don't know. It just doesn't make any sense to me, frankly. Uh, some breaking news on the podcast as well. Uh, the Rangers have signed Alexi Lafreniere to his entry-level contract. Uh, that's nice. What I lo- love that positivity in my life. Love that. It's a three-year deal for Alexi. Makes sense. Great guy. Uh, buy or sell. Alexander Madison is an RB1 if there is no Dalvin Cook. Buy. 
I mean, this is one of those things where I think no matter who the running back is in, in Minnesota, they're going to be good. See, I thought Alexander Madison looked great. I, I really did. I thought he looked outstanding. This is just what it is with Mike Zimmer. It's like yeah. whoever the running back is, it's, they're, they're great. We saw it with tonight with uh, Madison, Dalvin Cook, and Mike Boone last year. This team's good, yeah. no matter who the running back is. Well, I'd say the running game is good. I don't know about the team. The running game is good, no matter who the running back is. Yeah, the team is a mess. The, de- yeah. the, the defense is a disaster. I mean, they, it is about time. I mean, DK Metcalf went into the half with two points. You think DK had a word with Russell Wilson at halftime to say, hey, these boys cannot cover me? Well, considering the, the resulting stat line, I would think so. The Minnesota Vikings, did I not say on the preview show that there is nobody on the Minnesota Vikings that could cover DK Metcalf? Did I, did I not say that verbatim? You did. Thank you. And look what happened. I'm not looking forward to late November when the Jets have to, have to travel to Seattle. The Jets play the Seahawks? Mm-hmm. So you're telling me I'm going to watch DK Metcalf go off against the Jets? Mm-hmm. Oh, goody. We threw Lamar Jackson. Yay! We, we probably would have had a better chance throwing Lamar Jackson, the quarterback, up against DeAndre Hopkins last week than <laughs> Lamar Jackson, the cornerback. True. Yeah. All right. So that's all done. Let's preview Monday, Monday, and then Tuesday. So Chargers Saints, this game. Tyra Taylor is out, but that doesn't really matter because Justin Herbert's going to be the starter for the rest of the season. Straight from uh, Anthony Lynn. So where does Justin Herbert rank on your starter meter? Seven. He's a good start. Yeah. And then the, uh, the committee of Joshua Kelly and Justin Jackson. Kelly's a six, Jackson's a five. Unfortunately, we can't really do compare. We can't really comparison shop because there's only like two games. Because there's only two games. It's so unfortunate. Yeah, I love comparison shopping. Keenan Allen, ten. All right, ten. And then the, uh, he he has new life with Justin Herbert. The future Hall of Fame tight end, Hunter Henry. I think a seven. Seven. Yeah, it's a good start. And it looks like Mike Williams will be playing in this game as well. Yeah, he's like a four. Yeah. Might be thrown to the Wolves against Lattimore, but yeah, he's like a four. Drew Brees. Well, with no Michael Thomas now because of the uh, altercation that he had in practice, I would say Drew Brees is like a four. Yeah. Alvin Kamara. Ten. Latavius Murray. It's like a low-level flex. I think he's fine. It's like a five. Traquan Smith. I think he's a really good start. I think he's a really good start. Yeah. I would say a seven. Jared Cook. If he plays. Yeah. So I think he's going to. I would say a five. Emmanuel Sanders as well. I would say is like a six. Yeah. He's questionable. Oh, Cook is questionable. With an ankle. Yeah. yeah. And Lattimore is also questionable. With a hamstring. Oh, all right. So if, if Lattimore doesn't play, then Williams can move up to like a five or a six. Because also uh, Janoris Jenkins is, is out for the Saints for this game also. So should be okay. interesting for Keenan Allen very and, and uh, Keenan Allen and Mike Williams. And then the defenses, I'm not really looking at the defenses. And also you probably would have, you probably started a defense already. I, oh, the Saints. I, the Saints defense. If you if you held on to them and, and you're starting them in this matchup, I think they're I think they're okay. Yeah. Even the Chargers. Even the Chargers. I I, I don't mind. Okay. I don't know. I've I'd be nervous going up against the Drew Brees team at home. If you have the Chargers defense. I, I like the Saints defense more, but again, I I don't think the Chargers defense is that terrible. Of okay. A play. And then Tuesday night football, first and hopefully last edition Thank of Tuesday God. night football. The Bills on the Titans, Josh Allen. How can you say anything but a 10? 
Well, I figured you were going to say that because it makes sense. You can't sit him right now. You, you cannot. Yeah. Zach Moss is questionable for today for Tuesday's game. Yep. So um, Devin Singletary this is more of a conditional. Eight if Moss doesn't play. Six if Moss plays. And then if Moss plays, what is he? Uh, like plays? a five. Like okay. a five. Stefan Diggs. Nine. John Brown. Seven. Cole Beasley. Six. Who's the Bills tight end again? Dawson Knox. That's oh, no. Is. No, Dawson Knox is out. It's uh, Tyler Croft. Tyler Croft? Uh, zero. Okay. And then for the Titans, there's a chance that they might get a- uh, A.J. Brown back. And do they ever need him? Oh, they do. Because Corey Davis and Adam Humphreys are both on the reserve five-letter C-word list. Yes. So, um, he, A.J. Brown is questionable, though. Ryan Tannehill. Six. I don't Dar- love it. Derrick Henry. Eight. I think Derrick Henry is like a nine. Just because, if, especially if A.J. Brown doesn't play, I think the, the Titans are going to go even more, t- more for the run. Yeah, I think he could be a volume play, but Buffalo is a very, very good run defense. Very good run defense. A.J. Brown. Five. Oh, God. Who the hell else do the Titans have? Is Khalif, Khalif Raymond. Raymond. You know who Khalif Raymond? Khalif Raymond was on the Jets, actually. He muffed a punt in 2017 against the Raiders, and the Jets cut him. Well, now he is a, he is a full-blown member of the Tennessee Titans. He's actually really good. He was a punt returner for the Titans, too. He's actually kind of good. Who well, he's like a two on the startup meter. Yeah. What no part. And then the defenses. I'm I'm not crazy about the defenses either for this one. No. Well, uh, the Bills defense could be started if there is no A.J. Brown. Yeah. All right. Well, thank you for listening to this episode of the Basement Talk Podcast Fantasy Show. You can listen to and find all episodes of the Basement Talk Podcast, Vanilla, the Fantasy Show, as well as the Quiz Rotational on Apple Podcasts, SoundCloud, Spotify, and Amazon. Keep your eye out on Wednesday for the waiver wire show where we won't be previewing Thursday's games because there will be no Thursday game. We'll just be talking about waivers and also re- reviewing Monday and Tuesday's games, but basically it's just going to be mostly waivers, no previews. So looking forward to that for my co-host Ed Birdsall. I am Adam Castor and we'll talk to you next time on the basement talk podcast fantasy show. Bye-bye. <laughs>